0: We're uncaged.
1: Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week, I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then, I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going.
0: uncaged. i say
1: My guest on today's show is one of the founding members of one of the most important musical acts in modern history, in my opinion. They have been active for over 45 years, and their consistent fusing of musical genres has, for me, paved the way for so many artists in the modern day to be on top of their game. They are groundbreaking in what they have done over the years, and trailblazing as well in their mix of conscious music and more chart-friendly work. Their latest project is absolutely stunning. It is an absolutely amazing, amazing piece of work produced by one of the hottest acts around at the minute as well. So it's a real pleasure to be able to welcome this gentleman on the podcast. He's a legend and it's a real treat to have him on. It is Cat Kaur from the incredible Third World is on Topal Cage. Cat, thank you so, so much for coming on. It is a real honour to be able to speak to you.
2: Thank you, Reggie, and it's a great honour to be with you too, every time. Thank you very much. You, I,
1: I just want <laughs> to say I was speaking to your manager and she said you've basically crossed the whole of Europe in like about f- a few days, haven't you? Because you've been playing festival after festival after festival. At minute. How's, how's festival season been for you guys this year?
2: It's been really good this year for us. Uh, I mean, I, 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 there's always more work to be done. We could have done some more, but I mean, at the end of the day, the ones that we did were really special. Rotterdam, you know, the one in Tunisia was absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, there have been some good stuff otherwise. So South Africa was really good too, only that it was really cold. So a lot of people stayed indoors and watched us by a screen instead of being... That was the only thing. And, um, you know, Rotterdam, and, um, you know, the one in Amsterdam, it's really, really... We've had a, a, a sensationally tiring wonderful summer.
1: <laughs> it, it sounds exhausting from where I'm sitting, so all, all power to you guys for doing that. You gave me a great link in there because you said there's always more work to be done, and of course more work to be done is the title of your latest album. We'll get into the details of it in a bit, but I do want to ask you, because obviously Bunny Rugs, one of the other founding members of Third World, passed away sadly in 2014, and this is your first release since since his passing. Was it, was it strange for you to go back into the studio without him there was it it must have been slightly odd or did it did it feel like it was just it, it was still comfortable to do that how was it for you
2: no it didn't feel strange at all because um, the person who really has taken bonnie Rock's place was someone who was kind of in the same mold as bonnie you know and um had had the record Requisite talent and skills to blend over into what we were doing easily, based upon AJ's past and his um things that he has done with producers like Peter Ashbourne or you know or, you know Ibu Cooper or whoever whatever whatever. It's very kind of similar kind of work to what we do in the studio, so the blending there wasn't wasn't difficult. I would say that missing Bonnie personally as a brethren, is kind of more, to me, what's even more touching emotionally than even just saying about how we're adapted in the studio. Because in the studio, we're professionals, we're musicians, and we're singers, and we know what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. But in real life, personalities make a big difference. And um, and when someone is, you know, is entrenched in your thing, um, that is a different thing to when, you meet somebody who you may have known for a couple of years and all of that, but you have to get used to the personality. And it works both ways. It's not just from my angle. It's also from the new person that come on. They have to also learn to blend with what they're coming into. So, you know, it works, as I say, it works both ways, but I wouldn't say there was any discomfort at all in recording this album. And Damien helped a lot with that too, you know, because um, it's not as if Rugs had just passed away, and then Damien got us going. It took a little time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because that um, that, that single that we did for 96 Degrees with himself and Steve was quite some time before we started and more work to be done. So there's been a nice little time frame in which all of us got adjusted to each other. We got adjusted to working with our nephew. Um, AJ got adjusted to working with us. And got adjusted to working with nephew. And um, and we, myself and Richie as the old boys, we got accustomed to working with AJ coming in and also working with nephew. So, I mean, you know, the process took a little length of time, you know, three and a half years. But at the end of the day, you know, what, as you say for yourself, what's there is is there. I mean, you know, in cricket, we said the score is up on the board. You've back now.
1: Love the analogy. Excellent. And you're right. And it is there. And it, it, for me, it shows that you spent three and a half years on more work to be done because the album is stunning. I mean, it's this. Ooh, it it's the it, it's the perfect example of how fusions of different styles and different genres can work so well i mean it, it's extremely intricate in the way you have fused it but 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 it's just a, it, it's a perfect summing up of what good fusion music should be i mean just sort of delve into some of the tracks a bit more you go from kind of f- funky soul um on third world keeps turning then you go into a bit of kind of lover's rock with loving you is easy with those signature kind of really soul vocal arrangements um roots um, people of different color very sort of um what you'd expect from a roots track and then you kind of blend funky soul and a bit of hip-hop with "Na Na Na" with legendary chronics um you've then got smooth soul meets roots with um island dreams which is with tess and chin and of course taurus riley who was on this show just last week um what else have we got? You've got modern new wave roots for me when Sheep in Meadows, which is my girlfriend's favourite track. She absolutely loves loves that one. And then you go kind of proper revival, um, with the track with Damien, which is of course you're not the only one, which is really fits into the whole revival movement at the minute. I mean it it's it's just it's so musically detailed and intricate and every time you listen to it because I've I've done about 3 listens now you always pick out something different and for me that is always a marker of a sterling piece of work because you hear elements of jazz in it as well and then elements of more traditional kind of afrobeat not the kind of modern interpretation you hear that in the percussive arrangements and it's just it's a beautifully crafted um body of music, which, as I say, is exemplary in the way it's fusing different styles and genres. I mean, this this fusion of music has always um, defined in some respects third world and it's, it's been a constant over the years but going right back to the day when when you you started out back in sort of the middle to late 70s um, where did this eclecticism come from what was what was the motivation behind the fusion of it was sort of mainly reggae and soul to begin with wasn't it where does this come from this eclecticism
2: Well, where it really comes from in my view is that all of us as youngsters, we were associated with bands in Jamaica that, you know, um, through the late 60s going into the 70s were into all that stuff. In other words, we really weren't fusing the music together as as one. What we were doing is we had to play stylistics, we had to play Bob Marley, we had to play Peter Tosh, we had to play Blue Magic if we were going to be relevant. what the people wanted at the time, which was a mixture of, of, you know, I mean, people were into like home, they were into, you know, these discos and play all this music and you was a band. In those days, we weren't writing for ourselves, you know. This is why I really read Bob Marley and how that whole thing happened with him coming from being a three-piece singing group to being a band. That really changed for me. It really made... A big, big change because rock music now started to accept reggae. Because the band, band members were never important before Bob Marley and the Whalers. Once the Whalers came in as Aston Barrett, it was Carlton Barrett, and the, and the rock guitar and all that, it changed the whole music scene as far as reggae is concerned for me. And what it meant was that musicians like myself, Ibu Cooper, Carl Barovia, you know, um, Uncle Colin Leslie, and Richie Daly, you know, um, we who were members of Tomorrow's Children in a circle, you know, visions, those groups, we always saw ourselves as like being in a group like Santa or Earth, Wind, and Fire, or Blood, Set, and Tears. You know, that's how we looked at things because we had the, the privilege of being able to put our hand on an instrument and play it. I mean. If you figure if Bob Marley had had the privilege of being able to learn classical music like I did, you know, or or um or, you know, or learning jazz or learning whatever whatever, you know, we don't know what kind of person it would have turned out. But the thing about it is that just in his raw state, what he turned out to be is just like, you know. So you never can tell, but. Just to basically answer a question, it, it it's really a matter that we were coming from that kind of vibration where we were already playing R and B, we were already playing you know um, ballads and we were playing like some crossover you know rock stuff, the Carol King stuff, the Babylon stuff. We were doing all of that at home. So when when the time came for us to be all you know showed up on us and so this is how third world has this whole crossover thing happening that i mean our first crossover record is now that we found love which is a song that we played we used to play that song the oj's version we used to do it and it, and it's in trying to do something different with it that we came up with that whole crossover feel and you know so yeah that's that's a vibe so
1: more work to be done it's produced by Damien Marley um, obviously who is intrinsic in not only the revival movement at the minute but sort of modern roots more broadly and is responsible for, for some absolutely fantastic fantastic bodies of work and and his hand on this one is a perfect perfect match with all you guys work as well it's absolutely fantastic I mean how does it feel kind of going because you your first ever tour you opened for Bob Marley and then we'll move forward four decades later and you're opening for his um sorry working with his youngest son i mean what is what has that been like working with (laughs) Damien?
2: opening for him as well sir yeah there we go exactly (laughs) right (laughs) what is that like that feels super great especially since the relationship i've had with damian through the years particularly myself and richie has been like from, you know, from he was a toddler. So, I mean, you know, we've known Damon close for many, many years. And um, just vibing in terms of what he was able to pull out of his uncle, is just like fantastic. Plus also, you know, I also think that Damon was kind of like a godsend for us in a way because this is the first album where we have a new lead singer in A.J. Brown. So it means that you know, there were there were things happening that were unprecedented. And for Damien to be the glue at this time to help, to put all of that together, I think was was a godsend, really. And, um, you know, it's that, that it couldn't have happened with another lead singer. Of course it could have. But the mere fact that it what happened was turned into something that's so positive, uh, people are reacting to so well, I think is, you know, is primary in my vision of how good this whole project has been. And, um, you know, as far as Damon is concerned, his, his work ethic and the, the way in which he approached the whole thing and the way in which he went about not being satisfied just with what we, you know, were really projecting because we have been doing third world albums for a long time now and I've been listening back to them and all of them are very, very good. But some of them just lack the right production, some of them just lack the right finishing in terms of certain things. And maybe the direction wasn't strong enough in a certain way that we, you know, whatever, whatever. And Damien just seemed to be somebody who just made all those things work. I mean, I've worked with many producers, Clive Hunt, I've worked with Jeffrey Chung, I've worked with Lionel Job, I've worked with Stevie Wonder. I mean... I work with producer after producer after producer, but I've never seen one like Damien who was able to get his uncles to really sound the way that we sound on this record, you know? I'm really very proud of that, that, you know, that he being the one who grew up in, almost in my hand then, has been the one who has been able to get his uncles to sound like this. I mean, for me, that's very special. So, my hat goes to the timer, you know? Hat after the timer.
1: no absolutely and it is it is very special and it's so the production is top quality on it i mean there's so i hear so many records where it's it's by great artists but sometimes the production can be lacking sometimes and i mean damien's work is always fantastic and the production is top quality if you want to go and grab yourself a tea coffee or any other form of refreshment do so now because me and cat will be back in just a few seconds as is, I mean, the standout for the album in some respects was also the vocals and the vocal arrangements. Brilliant vocal arrangements, absolutely gorgeous. Again, fusion of sort of reggae, soul, calypso elements. I mean, it, it's just beautiful, beautiful vocals throughout it. And again, as I said, the diversity. I mean, this kind of... Um, experimenting and mashing up of, of genres is now a sort of given um within much of the roots movement and especially the revival movement do you think do you think this diversity has helped keep the roots movement and everything it stands for keep it alive and keep the momentum behind the music going over the decades
2: yeah but no absolutely i would definitely say that and, and um I, I wanted to to to, to just specific about your assessment of the vocals on this because yeah. most yeah. of those vocals styles uh, those background vocals and things don't really come from Damien they come from us third world we were the ones who suggested all those various things and you know all of them. most of them most of them and what what it was is that Damien really wanted that he wanted us to go back for that old third world um Ninety six degrees, the green album song, you know, the, that that whole harmony thing that we do. Which is a mixture of like R and B and the blues kind of thing, you know? And um most Jamaican vocals are is exact that's exactly what it is. It's a mixture of R and B, it's a mixture of all the things we went through when we were kids, all the James Browns, the Delphonics, all that stuff. Those were the influences on us as kids, and um, we took that into groups like the Heptones, obviously we took it into Ban and the Whalers, you know, um, you know, some of the older rocks, Alton and Ellis and Hart and Celis, um, you know, um, even from the Scatalized days, they were listening to the blues. So, you know, I think that I just wanted to highlight the fact that 3rd World himself had a lot to do with the vocal arrangements on this record a lot to do with it and um you, you can tell you can tell it has a lot of the third world sound, it has a lot to do with the attitude and the approach and all of that but um yeah i think it does make a difference and it has influenced even some of the acts that i hear now the kind of vocals that they're doing and the arrangements and the backgrounds and so on i think third world has had a lot to do with influencing them And I also think that um, other acts have had a lot to do with it, too. I mean, like um, Barry Hammond, for instance, has a very specific way in which he does his harmonies. Absolutely. You know, yeah, Yeah, you know, um, uh, a lot of them you can hear, you know, a a producer, maybe you could hear Clive Hunt the way he does harmonies, or you could hear Mikey Bennett the way he does harmonies. You can kind of hear it, you know. But I think Jamaicans, overall, have done very, very well with their vocals. I take my hat off to them. They're very good singers, and they're very good harmonizers. And and our standards are very high. I mean, Jamaican standards are high. I'm not talking necessarily the dance hall where people sing off key, and it's hip. You know what I mean? There are people in dance hall that sing totally off key, and it's totally hip, and it's sweet. But they're talking about the ones who really have the craft down. Jamaicans are very good at what we do in vocals, and we have helped to blend and make crossover music. Just to answer a question in a frame, we have definitely helped to make crossover music better with our harmonies and the way we approach our singing, definitely.
1: Yeah, completely Absolutely agree. Completely, it's, uh, it, I, I think again, it's been the music has been trailblazing in terms of setting setting the bar up and opening the, the the musical world to be able to cross over, as it were, sort of roots and reggae was absolutely really kind of there from the off with that. What what the music also does, and especially this album, but also all your work over the years, cat. Um, what it also does so well is blend conscious music um, that has a message with more kind of mainstream sound i mean obviously as you pointed out a few minutes ago now that we found love um huge track in the 80s well huge track in every decade actually because it keeps coming back it keeps coming back um that was a real breakthrough song for you but also your whole back catalogue is extremely extremely conscious i mean you you talk at length um you to be honest your music is almost an education in some respects the the subject matter you cover and, and the broadness of it you talk About black history, you talk about colonialism, you talk about diaspora, you talk about political corruption, um, you talk a lot in terms of Rastafari. I mean, it's a huge, huge body of work. And like I say, it's almost an education in some respects, which the best music always is. Has it, with that side of your music, and then tracks like Now That We Found Love, has it always been important to you as a group to strike that kind of balance between doing music that has extremely important messages, but then also doing music, which is something that's maybe, I don't want to call it chart friendly, but you know what I mean, something that's more yeah, kind absolutely. of listening.
2: Uh, you're absolutely correct in your assessment. You're absolutely correct in your assessment. And the only thing that you didn't say is that I would say is that music is an expression of everything. It's just an expression of Rastafarianism, it's like an expression of Christianity. You know, this is one of the things where I think that, you know, gospel music loses me because... I will go to a gospel concert and I will hear, you know, um, the most wonderful singing, the most beautiful soloists and, um, and the greatest um, uh, players of instruments and stuff. And, um, because they're so focused on one line of argument, it means that there's a certain time when it loses me. So for me personally, just like Bob Marley would sing, Get Up, Stand Up, but he would sing, Turn Your Lights Down Low. It's a very same thing for us. It's just that we are able to cross-action genres. We're actually able, able to, to sing a song like Try Love with an R&B vibration or another That We've Love with an R&B vibration. Or we're actually able to do a ballad like, um, well, even um, Island Dreams, even though it has the reggae feel to it, it's a very Arabish type ballad, ballad and it's... Um, it's exceptionally, it's done exceptionally well. And, um, you know, I I think that's very important, you know. I mean, we are not just a group that's expressing one thing. We're expressing everything we see as a people, you know. So we're expressing third world keeps We're expressing, you know, all their heart that's in love has a chance to be broke. Wait till you hear that record. That, that's not out yet, but wait till you hear that one. So, I mean, we come to express everything that we see, everything that we see as a people. We come to speak about it. That's why we are third world, the whole world. It's already from our point of view because, you know, we come from the Caribbean and we don't come from the first world nation to mid-nation, but we come from the Caribbean. But we are world. We are worldwide. So, that's what we're expressing. So, you know, yeah, I hear you. I hear you.
1: No, yeah, and it's interesting, I interviewed Taurus last week for the podcast and he said pretty much the same thing. He said that while his sort of beliefs and his spirituality and um, the message he wants to get across does drive him, it also, as you point out, his music also just reflects life in general, be that love, be that loss, be that
2: anything else. Exactly, exactly. And music has always done that through the ages. I mean, you know, don't worry be happy, that's totally different to amazing grace, how deep, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it expresses everything. It's kind of like art, too, in a way, I mean, you know, you look at one painting and it and it describes one part of humanity, you look at another one, it goes to a very dark area, you go to something that's very amusing, something that's very touching, it's the very same thing with music. We're just expressing the, what we see and what we experience as people. That's what that's what it's all about, bro.
1: No, absolutely. And you, t- you, oh, you have to pick up on Island Dreams because it's absolutely a fantastic track. It's, it's, it's As you say, it's kind of got an R&B feel, but you can hear elements of roots in it as well because you've got the bubble pattern kind of tinkering slightly in the background. It's this brilliant, brilliant fusion. It's an absolutely gorgeous track. It's beautiful, beautifully done piece of work. Um, Uh, just expanding on the conscious side of things though um i mean are your rastafari beliefs always kind of central to what you do with the the conscious elements of your music is it is that what motivates you with regards to the message i suppose is what i'm saying
2: well rastafari is really a form of christianity because highly celeste the first is deep christian so right now it is rooted in ethiopian christianity it's not rooted in catholic christianity it's not necessarily rooted in Anglican Christianity. It's rooted in Ethiopian Christianity. And um, the Greeks really brought Christianity to Ethiopia as the history. So we define ourselves as Christians really, uh, because we accept Christ and uh, we're 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 not Coptic, we're Orthodox. So um, That's really what we, that's a blend, that even if you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, that's a blend, religiously. And, um, I wouldn't say that religion plays a maximum role in my life particularly, but I accept what I'm dealing with and I know Rastafari, but I wouldn't say that I'm a monk person that's going to dress up in a robe and hold up a a, a cross and say, I do this and I don't do that. That's not going to work for me, so... You know, um, to be honest, boy, every man needs to really identify his own personality and, um, and, and establish his own reality and, uh, you know, keep God at the center of your heart and, um, how we define God is true Rastafari. we have a black Pope who is highly celestial the First. So, you know. You have your Pope, and I don't want to call him a Pope, but I'm just saying that. We have our, our representative who is, as such, It's just that no one else could sit on that throne. So, since he's not in the flesh anymore around us, no one else can sit there on that throne. So, you know, that is even more to show you that, you know, the, the, the spiritual, uh, you know, endeavors then, because, how come is it then that a pope can resign and die about the business and the next pope come? But highly is not in the flesh and we can't see a next man come and sit and hide his throne. So, that's where we're coming from and we're not really, as a group, third world don't come to really be religiously preaching too hard in that direction. What we come to do is to be, you know, a force of love, peace, unity. But at the same time, speak out against what we see as being the things that we don't agree with in this life. Because in the scheme of things, it's not just about you and I. It's about the people around us. too. So we didn't set any fires in Brazil that's burning down the whole of the Amazon. We didn't set those. But if it keeps going, it's going to affect you and I. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't fly a plane into a building in New York. But since that happened, it has affected my whole life. Everywhere I go now, I'm searched, I'm checked, I'm TSA, I'm this, I'm that and that. I can't say it's for a bad reason, it's for a good reason, but not everything that you as an individual do or I as an individual do affects the entire world. So I'm just saying that when we as musicians play music and thousands of people hear it and all of that, we need to think about that and to think what we're telling the people out there because music's a great way to get your vibe across. You know what I'm saying? It's a very good way to get your angle across, to get your vibrations across. You know, so you have to really hold that in your heart and hold that in your mind
1: no absolutely and that kind of i suppose it's almost a responsibility isn't it i was um i had clinton fear on, on about two months ago and he was saying the same thing that, as with especially with a lot of newer artists and quite often in dancehall that there needs to be a bit more responsibility taken for the fact that their music reaches thousands and thousands of people and think yeah. about
2: what they're promoting with their music absolutely absolutely Bridget, oh, I want say hello to AJ before he looks like he's out to go up to his room. But <laughs> Bring him I'm on. Sensitive. Yeah, well, I want say hello to him. I just give him a big up for me.
1: <laughs> hey, AJ. Well, on, sir. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> no, nice to see you as well. This is a surprise. I didn't expect this. <laughs> so thank you. I'm going to ask you a question if that's all right.
2: I hear it.
3: <laughs> yeah could you repeat that
1: i'm gonna ask i'm going to ask you a question if that's all right now i've got you pinned you down
3: oh okay well uh
0: <laughs> yeah ask away
1: <laughs> time for another break if you want one because me and cats will be back in a few seconds and we might have another special guest as well Thank you so much for popping on. It's great. I wasn't expecting this. I mean, your vocals on the album are absolutely stunning. I was saying to Kat that overall, that everything about the vocals on More Work to Be Done, the vocal arrangement, um, the production of it, and the, the layering is fantastic. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And um, Kat pointed out that a lot of it was all your guys' work, um, and sort of Damien gave you a sort of free pass almost to put it, put it together yourselves. But your vocals are are particularly stunning i mean just just tell me where where does this vocal talent of yours come from when did you first realize in your life that firstly you had this gorgeous gorgeous voice which flips it flips so effortly across your range as well it's sort of from, from a sort of lowish baritone right up to a gorgeous kind of tenor where did you where did you first realize you had this this singing ability
3: mm, well, um when i was um maybe about Eight or nine, you know, you know, uh, roughly about that time. But um, I'm, I'm also of uh, m- my family has professional entertainers um, in it. Um, um, my uncle is um, one of the Blues Busters, Lloyd Campbell. okay. Yes. So, um, you know, uh, the most. You know, so most people, in, most people in Jamaica know about the Blues Boosters, and um, of you know, them, their, their 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 music is is well well documented. So, um, uh, from that, uh, he's he's my mother's brother. So, you know, he's, he used to visit my mom all the time, and um, you know, whenever he comes over, I I, I, I I, I I always look at him as somebody, you know, that almost like a mentor, um, you know, because he he's, um, you know, I, I admire what he did and, and um, the, the the freedom of his expressing his talents. Uh, so uh, you know, him him having a voice like that. Um, I felt like it was hereditary in some way. You know, it was it was um, part of the family structure. And um, I, I um, as I grew up, I uh, I, I felt, you know, the, the pull towards music and singing. And um, and uh, you know, uh, the first song I did on, in public was a, a song called "Officially" by by Lloyd Parks and you know that was a great field that was a great experience and uh, you know i used to perform on teachers table at the the ending of term in jamaica um uh, uh, between about eight or between eight and 13 and then by the time i went to corner college um i was you know just um Doing it for fun with the with the other guys in in the school, you know, and uh, we we ended up starting a band there at Corner College, and um, at that time Inner Circle was forming, so we they they, they 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 had formed and you know had a name out out in the on, in the you know on the North Coast and um, doing well for themselves, and um, when. When we form our band at school, we 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 call it Outer Square. So so, (laughs) kind of funny, but but, so that was that was like that was the first time we we um we like put up. You're killing me! Stop. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Sorry, carry (laughs) carry on. Yeah, man. Career. I'm telling of squares, man. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, you know, it, it, the the whole the whole um, the whole the, the whole thing about that was, um, you know, just basically being able to express yourselves, you know, as young young guys with talent, you know, and. Uh, it it worked out to become part of um, what defined us at school, you know. And um, by the time I graduated from Cornwall, I knew that I wanted to pursue music in some way. And um, I I, um, started to perform in and around Montego Bay while I was doing what they called um, government youth service. It was a, a two-year service, a uh, uh, government program, which um, had me working in the, the, um, the library service in the day and me performing at night. So, you know, that, that was a good way to, to be introduced to world of music and the world of art as a profession. And so, um, uh, as I went along, I, I, you know, a- attended Edna Manley,
2: sure.
3: um, sure. 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 Yeah, Edna Manley College of Performing, yeah. and Performing Arts, yeah. while I was performing on the North Coast. So I ended up paying my way through school and, you know, and performing at the same time. So I, I... I did that again when I went to um, to Las Vegas. I was invited by the CEO of the Mirage, um, Steve Wynn, to perform at the Mirage. So um, the arrangement I made with him was to to um, take care of my university tuition and, you know, and all that stuff. So um, I was able to do that again, like going to school in the days and performing at nights, so, and you know. So so. Um, that's how I was able to um, executive produce my own albums as I went along and um, and uh, you know I mean p- pretty much um, while I was in Vegas I met my I, I had two vocal coaches in my lifetime um, one was um, Don Marie Virtue James, Jamaican um, classical singer Wonderful human being. Yes, um, ma'am. Great knowledge about about vocal.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and um and Dorothy Dorothy Pallade, Gianno. Um, I met her when I was in Vegas and she was the one who who um, brought me back from from the from a a, a, a surgery. Um, laser surgery to, to um, bring brought me back from square one to to um getting a, a good vocal production that um um I spent 4 years with her um and she was able to take me from square one to the voice that I have now That
1: must have been hard um did, I mean did you did you notice that your voice had changed at all
3: Well um when I was in Las Vegas, um, because of, I'm not sure if it was the rigors of the performing over the years, plus um, the, the, the 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 climate in Las Vegas, because as you know, it's really, really hot in the day, and really, really cool at night, and um, even though I was working in, in, in at the Mirage where the lounge was what they call a tropical rainforest, so it had had a lot of humid, you know nice humid feel and um it it um it's still the the climate around in the, the, you know in the, in the Sierra Nevada mountains um usually dries you out um and give you what they call vegas stroke. that's that's a name that that a lot of um, um entertainers were uh, suffered from whenever they they visit Las Vegas. But lucky for me, I um it was uh, it was a cyst and not a nodule. So they were able okay. to uh, a laser a laser surgery that was that was um pretty pretty um easy and, and you know non it didn't affect me in any way. As a matter of fact, it enhanced my voice. So, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really glad for that.
1: Yeah. And you've been, um, as I was saying to Kat, you've, you've just literally um, done so many festivals this summer. I mean, you've, <laughs> I said to Kat, you've literally sort of done across the whole of Europe in about a week. I mean, have you guys been performing tracks from more work to be done when you've been out on the
3: festivals? Yes, we have, and we've been getting a lot of so, so much positive um, reactions oh, okay. from from um, um, Loving You Is Easy and Na Na Na. Na. And um, we, uh, as you know, we have also did The um, Must Gun, which has been out for some years now. Uh, but but being able to, to do those songs and, and work them into the, the repertoire in a way where... The, the the folks are enjoying it, it you know.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask what the reception's been like. And in terms of um, sort of the vocal arrangements, are you, when you do the tracks live, are you tinkering with the vocal arrangements at all? Is it is it more as many tracks do when you perform them live? They sort of, they take on a new life of their own almost. How, how's it been transferring all the the body of songs from more work to be done from a recording basis onto a live basis? What's, what's kind of the difference has been?
3: Well, um... As it relate to the first song, which is Amos Gun, it's more of a group, a group presentation. So, for me, I um, I, I, it, I blend into the into the, the voice, the voices, and um, uh, let it become like a one voice um, approach, speaking to, to the listener. So um, there's there isn't much, but it's a tinkering. That, that we that I do really other than just balance and presentation. Um as it relates to 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 Loving News Easy. Loving you is Easy is I I relate I I regard it as a as a as a a, a a song for the ladies. So so based off of that I approach it that way by when I perform it, I I focus on the ladies, you know, let them do things, you know, with a wave or you know, you know, there's just some some little flirty type <laughs> things, but but that's part of the whole um, presentation. Um, um, Nana is more of a uh, an audience type interaction now, where um, we, we 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 get them we get them riled up, your hands in the air, singing na na na, and you know, uh, separating them down the middle, one one side shout out more than the other, stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, but just stuff to 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 get the audience involved and and and, and to 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 relate more to the song. Really. So and it's been really worth.
1: Excellent. Well, I also, you know, I what stood out for me as well. With more work to be done, is that, um, on, especially on the on the YouTube um sort of version of the entire album. You've still got this brilliant kind of, um, it's kind of uh sort of Haitian slash African inspired artwork, which has been a constant feature throughout um throughout Third World's activity if you like over the years i mean i was reading that some of it was done by a fantastic artist called tony wright um, many years i think he did three or four album covers for in your time with when third world were under island and this, this kind of artwork for me is almost in some respects as central as the music because it's very clever with what it does it kind of depicts um sort of african and sort of um pan-african heritage if you like and then it also brings it bang up to date with sort of images of diaspora and life and life Ooh. now um i mean is has the artwork in in your opinion sort of in some respects been as central as the music is it important to have that representation visually as well as then when you listen to the music have the representation and, and the conversations about certain issues musically as well
3: well, I, I I think it helps. I think it helps because um I mean the, the when whenever whenever I as a solo act um, think about an album jacket, I, I try to to make make it relate in some way, whether it's the photo or the, the title of the album. Um, in 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 the in the case of more work to be done, it's. It's a concept. It's, it's 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 a it's a um. So um to me the 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 typeface for the the brand Third World um goes well with the album jacket and and the, the design of it based off of just just what the title of the album is saying and um, I I think the title um, was what um inspired or triggered the, the whole um, idea of what the album jacket should look like because um uh, we we were we, we we spent a lot of time in the studio um, discussing it actually and and um, um I like the I like what I like about the album the uh, the, the depiction the album is the the way how it has this community feel to it, and the community is young, you know. Even though they they have and they have different facilities, and um, and you know, so it, it feels like a community. If you feel like it's it's um. There's a land that I heard about so far I could see. It feels like one of those that. That kind of like a dreamland type deal,
2: yeah. you know. But um, well, you know, one, one th- thing I just wanted to interject is that um, for um, for us through the years, the, the Green Album and 96 Degrees, um, coming up with um, Journey to Addis, and with all when we had those African figures, the Haitian figures, right? Yes. Always seemed to me to connect the music to life. You know, it connected with the lady and the donkey with her little kid with the kite. Yep. And it connects to life with the potter sitting there doing his pottery and it's 96 degrees in the shade. And it connects it to life to see the boat sailing up and so on. So I think this new one with everyone just doing all these different works, if you look at it, it's some The nurse is there, the guy crossing, the kids across the street is there. There's a little bloke in a boat fishing. There's a, you know, there's a police man over here, the two little kids kicking ball. There, it's really... I, that to me, is it just it kind of comes back to what AJ is saying, but I'm just putting a different spin on it from my point of view. You know what I mean? It just yeah. seems to me like this album cover really depicts people just doing stuff, which is like more work to be done. Right. You know, you have to look after the kids every day when they're coming from school. There's more work to be done. You have to fish every day if you want to keep... Your your fish market running. You know what I mean? You have to be on the street every day as a policeman if you want to stop a criminal. And I mean basically mm-hmm. if you want to be a successful yeah. criminal, there's more work to be done. <laughs> but, but but
3: the but the whole thing is the whole thing is that um if, if, if you check the title of the of the of the songs as well, you you will see the relate the relationship between the titles of the songs and what the songs say, and, and, and the images on the yeah, on I mean, the album. So it's it really has um, come together in a in a way that um, is is a is it, it's looking more like a collector's item you know it's
1: absolutely it's 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 a genius piece of work it it was the first thing that caught my attention and and as i say it's been a kind of constant throughout throughout third world's time being active last chance to take a break if you'd like one go and grab yourself a drink or anything else because me aj cat will be joined by yet another member of third world in just a second also what's been a constant as well has been africa and the narratives and the message and the, the story and the education as i said earlier the education in your music is absolutely stunning and africa's always been this constant i mean it's very it's once again quite to the fore in a lot of artists work ranging from um say kabaka pyramid and protégé um very focused on especially kabaka, kabaka who i'm interviewing this week very focused on africa and um what's happening on the continent and also to other artists who are kind of more more as i suppose out there like um a guy called king mass who's a brilliant brilliant song, crossover reggae soul musician very focused on african spirituality i mean in both your times um in doing music over sort of many many decades has the, the sort of the depiction and the message about the motherland changed over over the decades do you think it's in the more in a a different place now to when it was so four decades ago
3: well um uh, in, in essence it hasn't however um we we, we we still we still have to find new ways of saying this, the same thing you know and um uh the the, the, the whole thing is that um the, the, the reality is that africa is separated not uh, as as um, states in America, but as tribal divisions, which which um, I am not sure it has uh, anything has changed o- over years. I mean, um, Africa is still divided by by um, by. The, 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 other other countries that feel that they are in, in that position to to divide the the, the, the continent and, and and profit from their division. So you know, um, uh, there as technology uh, increases, there will always there will there will be so many different ways. To say, you know, the the, the the things that needs to be said, which is Africa unite, you, you know, um, we 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 we're living in love, um, you know, we, we are we are we are one. We, we we need to live together in unity, and um, you know, I I, I think more work to be done. The album has has helped to to send that message. You know, to spread in different in different ways and different means
1: no and the message is really 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 strong on the album i mean it, 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 it's a lot of it is very profound as well as, as third world's work always is i mean so, sort of talking about spreading that message the, that the kind of modern afrobeat sound which is kind of almost fused with modern r&b with tinges of hip-hop that afrobeat sound is huge at the minute i mean especially in the uk it's an absolutely yeah. massive massive genre of music which is sort of the 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 as as the youngsters say, AJ, it's the coolest thing. I don't know what kids say anymore or something. It's cool, anyway, um, yeah. that kind of Afrobeat sound. I mean, is it, do you think it's a positive thing that that uh, music which has its basis in the continent is now one of the biggest sounds in the music industry? Is that is that good?
3: Well, um, um, it, 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 uh, I, I think that it has always been part of um, um, the, the music industry. If you, if you remember, if, if, I mean, there have there always been um, stars coming out of Africa, as far as I know, um, for years on years. I mean, you know, Fela, um, King Sonia Day. Um, the, um, Numerous. You
4: stars. know, so many, Afro so Blondie. many
3: artists. You know, Alpha Blondie, um, you name them, over the years. And um, but, but what I'm saying is that Afrobeat, though, is, is more modern, um, so so it's 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 in keeping with the evolution of music, um, that uh, you know, and and it and it has some some um, influences with 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 dancehall, you know, that kind of um, brother or sister beat, uh, you know, what I mean that that beat that that, yeah. that that um is just as you know, so. But well, anyway, um, Richard Daly's here. Yes. So, so um so right. you're just you're just getting all kind of different surprises I huh? love
1: this
4: this is great well, <laughs>
1: <introductions>. <laughs> hey 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 Richard thank you so much for joining me as well this is this is bloody brilliant I'm loving this um, completely brilliant Richard well I'll, I'll I'll move on to you I mean as I've, I've been saying to Kat and AJ more work to be done is absolutely fantastic and the especially the vocal arrangements and performances absolutely stand out as does as does the production of it as well and the songwriting is just absolutely stunning it's, it's I hope you're very very proud of it it's, a, it's an absolutely brilliant piece of work I mean what it also does it ties in in some respects to the whole revival movement at the minute because obviously Damien has got his had his hand in it and there are some elements not all of them which are kind of kind of have that revival feel almost but it's very still much grounded in what Third World has always been about which is crossing over reggae and funky soul and jazz and and more and some traditional African elements elements in there as well i mean just just on the revival movement that's been kind of going since 2010 when kind of protege and chronics etc cetera, etc cetera, started it i mean how different do you think the revival movement is to sort of when roots first had an uprising decades and decades and decades ago how how different is the revival movement and is the revival movement a a, a really positive thing do you think for for absolutely. reggae music
4: absolutely you know and um to see growth in any way or form that takes place in the music form is positive, you know, because you don't want to be doing the same thing over and over again. And um, so this generation is embracing African music, as you earlier said, in a new horizon, you know. I mean, like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if you brought an African sounding song, in song to a platform is a select few people who do observe it, you know, they say, oh, that's fine stuff. That's not part, part of my culture. But the whole thing is the whole playing field is leveling off right now, you know, and people are open, ears are open to see what's new, what's coming from somewhere else from a different part of the world. So that's the beauty about music is that even when we couldn't get along as people in culture, music would have bound us together and it kept, it kept doing that through the
1: no, absolutely. No, I quite agree. And I think what the revival movement is doing so well is not only the kind of fusion sound that you helped start all those years ago, but it's also, it's also about the message. I mean, there's some brilliant work, especially by Kabaka Pyramid and Protege and Chronics, which manages to cross, as you say, these divides, which are quite often there, be it's based on ethnicity, be it based on where you're from, etc It's all irrelevant. And, and the revival movement is doing, is doing that particularly well. I mean, what's all, I mean, what also must have changed for you over the years is the way people receive your music because, I mean, we're now in the age of streaming. Everything's streaming, everything's downloaded, everything's um, done online um, and kind of vinyl in some respects has really taken a kind of back seat now. I mean, do you, do you think we need to, artists especially, need to do more work to bring kind of the use of vinyl as a platform back to the fore? Because the, the reason I ask it is because it's such... There's something about listening to vinyl which you cannot replicate listening via an electronic device. It's a real special experience listening to something that firstly you can get your hands on, but also the quality of the recording is completely different to what you'd hear digitally. I mean, do you think artists need to be pushing vinyl maybe more than they are at the minute? Should it be having a bit of a renaissance now?
4: I don't think they need to be pushing it. Sometimes these things take place naturally... It more fits into place. When you push things on people, they take it, yes, and then reject it two days afterwards. We don't need that, you know. There's something that happened in the, in the analog recording, as you call it, the vinyl, is a more warmth, yes, that's captured. And you know, and the amazing thing is that you spend thousands of dollars creating the digital format, and then you turn around and create something digitally to get the format of of a vinyl i spend a lot of money getting that. So why didn't we keep the vinyl in the first place? You know, but it's a way you can't tell people what to do. They do what they want to do, you know what I mean? And I hear that now we're going back to cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me personally, cassettes was a nightmare. Because when I kept <laughs> it up, it's rough. <laughs> you, <know?
1: laughs> you used to get caught up and you used to have to yes, unwind
4: that, it. and do uh, fix it and... Um, and it's just something else. But then again, it's on the rise.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to wrap up, wrap up the interview now. Um, I wasn't expecting all three of you. This is absolutely brilliant. But um, if Kat and AJ are still around, tell them to come back.
2: Um,
4: Call Calling Kat and AJ.
2: <laughs> Report to the podium, please. Kat's here, but AJ is here. He's gone.
4: We last day, he went to breakfast and no, lunch.
2: No <laughs> problems. Richard
1: Kat, just to wrap up, I mean, I've, I've loved this. It's been such an enjoyable experience. But what have Third World got in store for the rest of the year? So, I mean, we're still, we're still in festival season, obviously. Um, what's, what's in store for the rest of 2019 for Third World?
2: Well, most of the, um, most of the stuff that we have is based upon... It's like, that it's like going on the television. Oh. Yeah, yeah, audio. Um, most of our stuff is geared towards this project that you have been talking about in such glowing terms. Most of it is geared towards that. But we're going to the see Jazz Festival in Curacao you now. We're really looking forward to that because we're playing with some of the highest profile acts. Gladys Knight, Mariah Carey, they really that. Those people to us are we're lifelong partners, lifelong people. And we're happy to be associated with them. And we're telling the people of cure, so look out, we're on our way. Simple.
1: Gladys Knight and Mariah Carey. Wow, that's quite something.
2: Earth to the like fire. Da 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 da
4: da 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 ba 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 ba
1: That sounds absolutely amazing, and um, obviously you'll still be promoting more work to be done. My goodness, this was quite an interview. Um, Kat, AJ and Richard, I've had such a treat being able to speak to you guys. It's been absolutely fantastic, because as I said in the introduction, Third World, for for what it's worth for me, have been one of the most important musical acts and projects of the past four decades. I mean, you're so influential, um, and it's absolutely fascinating and enjoyable speaking to all of you which was a lovely surprise um i wish you every success with the rest of the year and also with more work to be done all the links to download the album will of course be in the show notes i urge you to get it; it is absolutely stunning stunning project but for the minute cat richard and aj wherever he's gone thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really Bless really him. really appreciate Bless it
4: yes
2: blessed love. we're sorry land done.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Out. Oh my goodness, what an opportunity that was to speak to three members of Amazing Third World. The band has been influential in so many ways in the music business over the years, but also influential consciously in terms of the messages they have always been bringing. It was such a privilege to speak to Kat, AJ and Richard. A real, real treat. And as a treat for you, I'm going to play you one of the tracks from their fantastic album, More Work To Be Done. This is one of my favourites. It your Not... The only one featuring the producer on the album, Damien Jr. Gong Marley. This is Third World featuring Damien Marley. You're not the only one. Check it out.
0: If you're out there somewhere feeling lonely, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Yeah! Now, welcome to the third world. Tell them, age is a number. Third world no study match. Richie Daley and Madan age around a top of tabs. Up to now, no boy no play guitar. We bad like Uncle Cat. Maurice save a poop son, son Darius played for Super Cat. Oh, one one band so full of talent, like the list just never stops. Tony eruption, fit like Figgle and can sprint a dozen laps. Steve like a engineer. drunk back a fear back. Give the legend them them props. Real uptown rebels, self-proclaimed on the map. More money, more problems. Not to say I woulda swap, but it's slowly at the top. Some we say them are your friend, but are you alone? A spend yes till every man a shop. And one and you waste things for cap. Man a go and rems cause you don't know the straps Things sticky like so a sap. And one shepherd to a flock. See them hustle on the corner while they try to be a man, but it gets lonely on the block and it's rough in the trap. And everybody need a hand to lift them up when them a drop. Yeah. If you're out there somewhere feeling lonely.
1: This very special episode of Top Uncaged is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guests, Kat, AJ, and Richard from Third World. Follow them on Twitter. It's at Third World Band. As always, behind the scenes, thank you to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Nicola C. Jeffrey. my man behind the booth. Sound engineer gap Pause. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Pause with a Z Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Ray underscore star 113. Thank you to the Canary for uncaging me. I will see you very soon.
0: Uncaged. Okay.